weeks on impeachment, which isn't much going on. Latest polls with Hillary talking about getting back into the race. Oh, boy. Don't tease me. All that stuff. Top 10 Halloween costumes for pets also. But there's an event coming up soon called An Evening with Michael Savage. Life as a conservative in San Francisco. Now, the event is actually being there is sold out, but you can watch it as a pay-per-view at michaelsavage.com, and we thought we'd talk to the man himself. Indeed. One of the unique voices in the history of radio, um, whether you love him or hate him, you've got to uh, recognize that he is a brave man who doesn't particularly care whether you agree or not. And in spite of being one of the giants of talk radio, he has been unfailingly kind and generous to us throughout our careers. Michael Savage joins us now. Michael, how are you, sir? God, you have some way of delivering stuff. I'm humbled, man. You're the best. How do you do that? Oh, stop it. What an introduction that was. Holy God. I was raised <laughs> right. Try to be kind. I remember when you didn't didn't you appear on stage with me yep. years and years oh, and yeah. years ago? Yeah. A couple different times. Oh, yeah. Yeah, you guys did a great job, and you're doing you're doing great now on KGO locally, right? And across the country, you're syndicated. You know, it's yep. going it's going pretty well. We we just keep grinding. That's all you can do. As you've probably thought at various times, the fact that I get to pay my house payment and feed my family by talking on the radio is a pretty awesome deal. <laughs> yep, it's a long it's a long haul. It's a very tough business in this polarized world we live in, primarily because there's no freedom of speech. The uh, left wing has decided that they should control. Uh, literally all the airwaves, all the print medium, the universities are gone. And uh, if they don't like what you say, they try to shut you down. This is the problem of being, let us say, an independent in San Francisco or a liberal community. What, we don't have freedom? The First Amendment went out the window? When? Right, and I'm sure, because, and you know, this is one of a series of contrasts I want to bring up um, that, that really speak to your life and the shape it's taken, but you've lived in the very, very liberal Bay Area as a conservative man or independent man for a very long time. Have you seen the tone of the conversation change in those years, and how? It, it's an interesting question. When I first arrived here in 1974, there were two newspapers, and they were moderate B-plus or B-newspapers. They were pretty good. Well, one went. Now all we have is a mimeograph sheet put out by Nancy Pelosi or Willie Brown. There is no newspaper in the city. There's no opposition, a position on anything. Libertarianism, gone. You know that Jerry Brown, compared to Governor Newsom, is, is almost conservative, what Newsom has done since he became governor. But there's no opposition permitted, is what I'm getting at. Yeah, it's changed dramatically. The meanness, the hostility, the hatred, the outright violence of the left is what um, has emerged, and it's leading to... I would say very bad consequences for everyone. Well, it's pretty interesting. You look at some of the college campuses like Berkeley, for instance, you know, some of the, the some of the very homes of the free speech movement who will now no longer let anybody who's to the, you know, slightly to the right of Nancy Pelosi even show up at their campus. It's surprising to me that some of the old hippies that fought for free speech allow that to happen. Well, the old hippies are dead or have Alzheimer's disease or something like that. There are no old hippies anymore. Uh, there's a new generation, a new wave of intolerant people who call themselves liberals, but actually, if you analyze what they are, they are the fascists of our time under the disguise of liberalism. But let's stop fetching about it. What can we do about it other than stand up to them and, you know, assert our own rights? It's as simple as that. They don't like what we have to say. I don't like what they have to say. That's what makes for, um, I guess, a democracy. It's called disagreement, isn't it? 
Absolutely. You know, speaking of, of disagreement and contrast and that sort of thing, we understand that you, you wrote on Air Force One with President oh, yeah. Trump recently, which had to be an amazing experience. Yeah. Why don't you tell us about that a little bit? Well, I'll tell you what I can. I mean, it was the, it was the zenith or pinnacle of my professional career. I was thrilled to be with the president on Air Force One. Just being on the plane alone was a goal of mine. I'm a, I'm a machinery guy, an equipment man. I love planes. I love cars. You know what I'm saying? I mean, I do like equipment engines, <laughs> this, the roar of the, of the engines alone. But let's say, yeah, okay. I was at a fundraiser for the president in uh, Menlo Park, somewhere up in the hills in Palo Alto, let's say. And uh, he was going to be flying with his, with his, you know, his team, the whole flying White House down to L.A. that very afternoon to another fundraiser. And uh, I asked if I could go. They said, sure, you've got carte blanche. But it wasn't until a few minutes before they were leaving, actually. I was only told 20 minutes before that they could get me on the flight. This was not preplanned. Wow. So, I mean, let's say I have friends in high places. Let's put it that way. They got me on the plane unto itself. It was like walking. It was like Jonah and the whale. Okay, <laughs> let's put it that way. Jonah and the whale. You walk into the whale, and there's all these people doing things. Everyone's working so hard. They're not like talk show hosts. They actually do things to run the country, to run the departments of defense and whatnot, to make the plane run. They have to work, and they have to do it right. And it was amazing. So I did not know if I'd get to meet the boss. I certainly didn't push. I'm not a pushy guy, not much. But they knew I wanted to see him because I have been very critical of some of the president's positions for a long time. And I don't think he really likes people who disagree with him very much. He respects them, but he doesn't really, you know, want them around him. I mean, like any other leader, I don't think Obama really invited people around him unless they agreed with him. Any great leader. Any leader of any great nation, any leader of anything, doesn't like criticism. I've never met one who did. Did you? No, they might claim they do, but it, it makes them bristle. You're right. Okay, so I didn't know if, if he'd want to see me. So I had a quick meal of some prosciutto and melon in, in the dining area or the boardroom. I guess that's not disclosing any secrets. And then I was uh, You're not a Russian asset, are you? <laughs> no, no, not yet. Not that I know of. I'm still waiting for my papers. Uh, uh, yeah. So then they said, okay. Well, first they gave me a tour. My, my host gave me a tour of the plane up and down, all the way up into the flight control center. It was amazing. Oh, bad. No, that was pretty awesome. If you like flying and if you like planes. Sure. So, you know, it's only a 20, 30-minute flight down to L.A. To where We went from Moffett Field. We were flying into LAX. Uh, anyway, it comes to, yeah, okay, he's going to see you. Now, let's see what I could disclose without violating protocol here. They bring me into the flying Oval Office. The people who hosted me sat on a sofa. The king waved his hand to the left. There's a chair next to his desk. Didn't even look at me. Put his, waved his hand to the left, meaning sit there. <laughs> Wow. Uh, he didn't say hello, Michael. He, he's, he just said nothing. He pointed. I sat there. <laughs> he, he, it was like the principal, right? You called into the principal's office. Right. Like, Sit there, basically, with the hand. Then he said something, which I can't repeat. And um, I said, no, I disagree with you completely. And we had a little actual dispute. Truthfully, we, we did. Wow. Wow is right. 
Well, he's open to discussion. He wouldn't have had me there. Yeah, I suppose. Right, right. Okay, so anyway, make a long story short. So this is a short flight. Valet comes in with his lunch. He had just given a tremendous speech, uh, which were two hot dogs. I don't eat a lot of hot dogs, but when they're around me and I'm hungry, (laughs) he must have seen my eyes dart at the hot dog. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like when you're hungry, your eyes will dart at a piece of food. You're like a wild animal. Of course. So he's so sensitive to people. He says, do you want one? I'm like, sure. All right. So he has the valet, signals valet, brings out dish. Valet spoons one onto my plate. The president, listen to this, show you how people don't understand this. He looks at me and he says, do you want mustard or ketchup, which was on his plate? <laughs> what? Now, you're the see, president of the United States is asking you yeah. if you want mustard or ketchup. That's what I'm trying to say. People don't understand this. You can tell more about a man by the small things than by the big things. Anyone can fake the big things. You can't fake the small things. He's actually a very generous, sensitive individual. You say, well, what the hell are you talking about? Mustard or ketchup? Ha, ha, ha. Yeah, mustard or ketchup. I said, I don't eat sugar. So he gave me the, the mustard off his plate. It was a great hot dog. Uh, I hear it was kosher. Now, that's a, a loaded statement. I was told afterwards it was a kosher hot dog. So I joked on my radio show yesterday that Trump served kosher hot dogs on the airplane, which shows that he's anti-Semitic. What? <laughs> <laughs> well, that's to cover up the fact that he's anti-Semitic. He gets kosher hot dogs. All right, leak that to the Washington Post. Right. He, he uses kosher hot dogs to disguise his membership in the Ku Klux Klan. <laughs> Michael Savage is on the line. An evening with Michael Savage will have uh, information on it. You can see it at Savage, uh, michaelsavage.com. Hey, listen, um, I was going to ask you about, you know, you've always been a proud and stubborn outsider. How do you resist the temptation to become an insider? But you just answer that. You sit on Air Force One and tell the president he's wrong. So we can move on from that topic to... Well, I didn't say you're wrong. Well, I did say you're wrong. I actually did say, no, you're wrong about something. Yeah, that's that's fair. Now that I think about it, that is my rhetoric, yes. Yeah. So, hey, listen, in the time we have left, uh, I, Joe, especially, have I've stopped using the term the homeless, and I'm uh, using bums and junkies. Because thank the, you. The thank folk, you. They the, are bums and junkies, and there's a nicer word, which is called vagrants. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Because the the folks who are down on their luck and trying hard and they got kids and blah, blah, blah. They're not causing any of these problems. The problems folks are talking about, especially in your progressive cities, are caused by bums and junkies. Reopen the mental hospitals. Reopen the mental hospitals. Build new hospitals. Build new mental hospitals. Get them off the streets. They're a disaster for our society. And let's be very, very clear. The violence has gotten out of control, whether it's in San Francisco or New York City pushing people onto railroad tracks, beating them up, hitting them with things. Even in San Francisco, you see these crazed bums walking around with golf clubs. This is not civil society. This is a breakdown of civil society brought about by uber-liberalism. Ultra-liberalism has destroyed our cities. Well, California has half the homeless population of the entire country and can't keep its electricity on, so that's not a good look. Well, if you were a bum who didn't work and you were a drug addict and you're collecting all of these wonderful benefits and you go around beating people up in the street and the cops can't arrest you, and you get all the benefits, and you got all these social workers getting on their hands and knees, giving you a turkey sandwich, uh, and asking how you feel today, Mr. Jones, wouldn't you come to California? Hell yeah, unless I went to Portland or Seattle. Oh, I'm sorry, right, but the weather's not quite as good this time of year. Right, and they're likewise choked with bums and junkies. These uh, are once the most beautiful cities in the country. Yep. Again, I say, let us say liberalism is a good idea for some. 
It has failed societies around the globe miserably. Well, all humanity needs balance in in all things, in my opinion, and, and the politics of a lot of these cities have become completely unbalanced, and we've seen the results. An evening with Michael Savage, life as a conservative in San Francisco is sold out, but you can view it online at michaelsavage.com. I'm sure you can find it there. If not, we'll have a link at armstrongandgetty.com so you can find your way. Thank you for your time, Dr. Savage. I love you guys. I'd love to have you at an event next time, but you're too big for me now. Oh, stop it. (laughs) It's always a pleasure. Michael, best of the family and and be well. Thanks, guys. Great luck. You got it. Good story about having a hot dog with the president. Wow. Air Force One quality hot dogs. You know, I I don't know. Oh, that I should live so long. I don't know if anybody can get past politics anymore. There was a time when, you know, every sports team visited the White House no matter who it was. I would be thrilled to ride on Air Force One with the flipping president of the United States. I don't care who it is. Of course not. What of an course. unbelievable experience to have. I'd just be going around shaking door handles. What's behind this one? Yeah. Oh, just, yeah. And just the yeah. thought of... <laughs> That'd go well. Just the thought of the power that is on that plane and the technology, which would be the best in the world of everything. Well, yeah, it's funny. Michael, who, if you don't know, he's trained as a scientist and... The fact that he's fascinated by the machinery of it and the efficiency and the technology doesn't surprise me. Yeah, I would uh, once in my life love to see that. But then to sit sit with whoever is the president, in this case Trump, and have a hot... Well, you wouldn't have a hot dog with most presidents. (laughs) He has a big speech and he gets two hot dogs. You need some ketchup or mustard? Yeah. Here's some mustard. Fantastic. The clip we need is that was a good hot dog. It was a great hot dog or whatever. That was funny. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that's cool. What a great experience. So I didn't realize it. So he got on the plane. He didn't know if he was going to get to talk to the president just right on the plane. Or I didn't know he was going to get on the plane till right before the plane. Then it's all very walk this way. Oh, the flying Oval Office. Yeah. Oh, what a cool place to get to sit. Yeah. Yeah. Very nice. I wish he could have told us what they were discussing. No pictures. Nothing leaves this room. Secret Service agent will tell you for the rest of your life to make sure that, uh, you know, holds. Yeah, that's wild. Yeah, interesting story. Our text line, 415-295-KFTC, the Armstrong and Getty Show. Armstrong and Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. You'll say, well, what the hell are you talking about? Mustard and ketchup. (laughs) Yeah, mustard and ketchup. I said, I don't eat sugar. She gave me the, the mustard off his plate. It was a great hot dog. <laughs> Our conversation with Michael Savage about flying on Air Force One and meeting President Trump again. But uh, had a hot dog with the president. I've often, it was a great hot dog. Exactly. <laughs> it's a key. That's key right there. It was a great American hot dog. I've often said the best part of being president is that dang old kitchen that's open 24 hours. You just call down there. I'd be so a nice fat. club sandwich. Club sandwich. The bacon medium crispy. Yeah, that's fine. Thanks. Click. Oh man, I enter the be, White. I, I enter the White House, Jimmy Carter. I leave Taft after eight years. That's what happened. Yeah, I'd go from Obama to Taft plus twenty pounds. There was afraid. some presidential movie where Jeff Bridges was playing the president, and his thing was he was constantly trying to stump the chef. Like he would just order the most exotic. Hey, no, he did it again. We got this text. Play the fifties doo wop music. Ah, uh, now this is real music. All I can't right. take it anymore. All right. Yeah, that's <laughs> that's not, the best. Yeah, come on now. Top 10 uh, Halloween costumes for pets. Oh, God. 
Counting them up. Shark, devil, dog. Dog's a good costume. Lion. Lion. I think we have a lion costume. Uh, witch. That's what our uh, pug is this year. Uh, <laughs> cat. Bumblebee. Superhero of some sort. Hot dog. I've seen the hot dog. Pretty funny. And pumpkin is number one. I think I had a dog as a pumpkin once. I will never dress my dog as anything but a dog. Well, the kids really get a kick out of the uh, the pug in the witch costume. It's wrong. It's <laughs> no wrong. sexy no. nurse? No sexy nurse, no. <laughs> right. Do pets dress up like slutty nurse, slutty pilot, slutty surgeon, slutty whatever? I, that hasn't that, that cross section has not happened, has it? What's coming up in your news, Marsha Phillips? Well, we got a new poll that has got to be grabbing Hillary Clinton's attention. Trump made some comments about the Syrian ceasefire that's got people talking, and my friends, forget Halloween. Christmas has arrived. Coming up, the whole Hillary Clinton considering running for president is a one hundred percent real story. Yes, because I've seen enough uh, Clinton people. Right. In her orbit, that would be hoping for something in the White House if she got elected, taking it completely serious on, on a bunch of different channels. If she declares she's running, I'm calling in sick for two days. <laughs> <laughs> Just know that now. Wow. You won't be able to get out of bed. No. It's right. being there in the dark with your covers over your head. Fetal yeah. position. Yeah, yeah. That, that'll that be one heck of a news uh, yeah. day. Trump starts tweeting. Oh, my God. Oh, yes, please. <laughs> with a little breaking news. I haven't seen it yet. Breaking news! Breaking news! (laughs) Another candidate has dropped out of the race. Getting word that uh, Tim Ryan officially has dropped out. Which one? Is he in? Which one is he? He was the (laughs) representative for Ohio's 13th... I, uh, he didn't have. Oh yeah, I remember him. I, I, he's, I, he's the yeah. most. He looks like he's the uh, the default starting for when you're doing a creative character on video games. He's just very, <laughs> very plain normal. And, and a reasonable Whatever. guy, a very reasonable guy that I thought oh, when he was the in the moderate debates, dude who was yeah okay made a lot of good points, but nobody wants to hear about we can't afford that or that's unconstitutional right. or any, nobody wants yeah, to hear shut that. Shut up! Shut up with that crap. So give me, give me stuff. And he's one of your picks. Yes, he was my second round pick. Uh, Michael Bennett, I believe, is still officially in, who was my third-round pick. <laughs> Whatever that means. He's the one that was, uh, he's most likely to be the cartoon, uh, the voice of an animated bear, is Michael Bennett. <laughs> you had Hickenlooper, right. isn't he yeah. out? Uh, Hickenlooper, I think, is out, yeah. Yeah, yeah he really, got cause, out. Yeah, because he was the one who watched porn with his mom. Right, oh, right, he was cool. one of the first. Murder. Yeah. Anyway, okay, so another one got out. Bye-bye. Uh, news now with Marsha Phillips. Well, you'd have to bet Hillary Clinton has taken notice of the new poll that shows Elizabeth Warren clearly in the lead in the Democratic presidential race right now. Quinnipiac University pollster Mary Snow says the survey shows Senator Warren getting 28% support, Joe Biden with 21%, followed by Senator Bernie Sanders, who came in with 15%. The lead really is not tied to any gain that Senator Warren had. In fact, she was down two points from a week ago. It has more to do with a slip of six points by Joe Biden. You can't underestimate how much this is. Sean talks about it makes his neck sweat when people talk about Hillary Clinton. <laughs> right. The people who run the Democratic Party, the big money people, their necks are sweating with this poll. Yeah. Because they don't believe Elizabeth Warren could win. Hillary, and they're right. Hillary, I'm sure, has a gig somewhere in the next night or two. And Will she make a snide comment or a sincere comment about the unelectability 
of Liz Warren. That will be a sign. And these big money Democrat people, they they are operating the assumption that Hillary Clinton can win. Is that what I'm to believe? Well, that that that's not <laughs> yeah. necessarily true. Um, there are a number of names thrown around that big get together the other day, and Hillary's was one of them. Okay. And it also mentioned that New York Times article that a number of the people, Hillary Clinton and whichever one, maybe Bloomberg, they're all well aware that people say this stuff, sort of stuff to their face. It doesn't mean that they actually mean it. Mm. When you're in politics, I'm sure you realize that. Yeah, Bloomberg. Wow. Oof. He's ancient also, though. Yeah, yeah. And, and wacky. Yeah. Is Hillary 70-something? Oh, yeah. God dang it. Isn't she? Yes. Look, somebody get, yes. Her, get she's her about yes. 70, but that's just... Well, and she was looking frail, man. Right. The she, last time around? She's 71. Yeah. Okay, so she's a kid compared Bloomberg's to most pushing right? 80. Yeah, during the during the uh, poll, Mary Snow uh, took a look at things and says basically the slip for Biden was of his own making. The debates have not helped Joe Biden. Joe Biden slipped in the polls after that first Democratic debate, and then he was able to rebound. The question now is whether this is just a blip or will it be a trend? I don't know if that's a fair way to state it or not. Yeah. I mean. Name recognition. Those early national polls, that's why Rudy Giuliani and all these different people are at the top of those polls. Right. It's just the name you've heard of. Joe Biden is terrible at running for president. The more you see him, the less you want him. He struggled the other two times you ran, but he's a a million years old now. And he's obviously a million years old when he runs. Just... It's amazing that a guy that had that rambling answer in that one debate would get elected president. Yeah. Yep. Meanwhile, President Trump announcing that he has removed the sanctions imposed on Turkey and once again praised his decision to withdraw U.S. forces from northern Syria. This was an outcome created by us, the United States, and nobody else, no other nation. Very simple. The official celebratory announcement made yesterday at the White House came after the president said he got the word from Turkey... Early this morning, the government of Turkey informed my administration that they would be stopping combat and their offensive in Syria and making the ceasefire permanent, and it will indeed be permanent. However, you would also define the word permanent in that part of the world as somewhat questionable. We all understand that, but I do believe it will be permanent. There you go. Somewhat questionable. What time is it? Do I have time for this screen? The Washington Post with a just incredibly unfair headline this morning. And it's not branded as opinion. i got to assume it's a so-called news story. But it says, Trump tries to rebrand Syria withdrawal as a political promise kept. Let someone else be the world's policeman. I don't understand. Trump absolutely stated that over and over again in the campaign. Yep said, I want to withdraw from a lot of these uh, these places in the world that were involved for no good reason. So the idea that he's trying to dupe somebody by saying that's what it is, I just don't get where you're coming from. You heard him say it, too, and here's the risk. This is why uh, cowardly politicians, cowards in Congress, cowardly uh, entertainment executives, uh, whatever, always go with the status quo, because you can't be blamed right. for... Uh, being in favor of the status quo. Trump said this outcome was caused by the United States, period, or whatever he said. Right. And it will be hung around his neck for good or ill. But he did not go with the status quo. He said, listen, it's a blood-soaked chunk of sand. Let somebody else fight over it. We'll see how it goes. 
at least it's somebody doing something. So a major league baseball umpire threatens civil war if President Trump is impeached? Well, yeah, in a tweet. He said, I'm going to buy an AR-15 if uh, the Trump is, uh, and if the president, my president is impeached, this could mean civil war. You know, I could bring it up his specific tweet. (laughs) I mean, I don't think he was serious, and he even misspelled civil, which is just a bad look. (laughs) You know what I say to that guy? He's out of here! Exactly. All right, it's gearing up. The Lifetime Network is wasting no time in kicking off Christmas-only programming. The network will air only Christmas and holiday-themed movies around the clock starting Friday. Starting Friday? This Friday? It's not even Halloween. God, way to ruin Christmas, everybody. Yeah. God hates you. The network said God does hate you. Yeah. The network says it has added 30. Count well, God them. is God is vengeful. Jesus yeah. is very forgiving. Right. Jesus hates you. Jesus even hates you. <laughs> right. The network says it has added 30 original Christmas premieres to its lineup this year. Starting this God, Friday. non-stop 24-hour-a-day Christmas stuff. God dang it. If you're I assume it's your wife or girlfriend watching that or mom. Uh, <laughs> if if they're if they're watching the nonstop Christmas shows in November, oh, ah, just I feel, right. I feel bad for. Them. See, I'm trying to find the exact wording of this umpire's yeah. tweet, and of course, everywhere has to characterize it and then have a short bit of a quote in there uh. to make it extra exciting. God, what happened to journalism? I had the original tweet. The, the key phrase is because he's going to buy an AR-15. Because if you impeach my president this way, you will have another civil war. Hashtag MAGA 2020. And the Umpires Association made a even-handed weed prize free speech, blah, 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 but don't condone, blah, blah, blah. Zabba-dabba-doo, everybody is you know, saying what they're going to Is there anybody, a single person, man, woman, child, who believes... <laughs> That America's umpires and perhaps referees and even back judges are going to take up arms, really, or encourage it or start it up. How about form tennis them. ball boys? I got my mind. No, they formed up a militia already, right. but they're liberals. Anyway, somebody ought to say to this guy, dude, you're in the public eye. You can't be tweeting that crap. There you go. That's your news. Not Marshall Phillips. See, Armstrong and Getty show the conscience of the nation. Got a haunted house here. Requires a 40-page waiver. It's so scary. A Tennessee haunted house built as the scariest in the world. I can come up with a scary house for you. It's in some small town in Syria. It's it's very, very frightening. Oh, boy. Yeah. Um, Requires visitors to sign a 40-page waiver, pass a physical, and and undergo a background check. And no one has ever finished the haunted house, made it all the way through. Despite there being a $20,000 prize for finishing. Right. I, I've, I saw there, they have a, a trailer, like it's a movie, and it looks A, horrifying, and B, incredibly physically rigorous. You've got to, like, fight your way out of the place. You have to provide proof of medical insurance before you go in. Wow. <laughs> the, you first must watch a two-hour video. Uh, which features, uh, which gets you ready to go in, I guess. Am I joining the Navy SEALs here? <laughs> <laughs> 
Well, right. You've got to understand precisely what you're getting into. The video is is particularly about other people who have quit during the course of it as a way to make you need to know what you're you're getting so into. So to quit when you eventually get so frightened you have to quit, you need to utter the phrase you really don't want to do this apparently to get out. The tour can last up to 8 hours and you can't fight back or run. This can be an aggressive experience, and our actors will come in contact with you. You cannot in any way return the contact. Well, I don't know if that's fair. If you're going to come so up come and on in, take an ass whooping, <laughs> and then go home with your tail between your legs, you little bitch. So in the dark, somebody's going to come up out of nowhere and start slapping me around, and I have to just keep my hands at my side. Right. Somebody dressed as a ghoul is going, I'm going to choke you to death, as they're choking you to death. <laughs> And you can't resist. <laughs> right. Yeah, right. Sounds great. Maybe Joe Biden will leap out and wrap a chain around your neck. <laughs> That's right. But I'm going to wrap this chain around your head. Hey, 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 hey. Hey, i got to quit. I'm out. <laughs> T. I'm Keep out. your money. I'm out. Uh. Armstrong and Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. I saw a werewolf with a Chinese menu in his hand. Traveling can get kind of lonely sometimes, or or no, not traveling. What is the word? Uh, life. Life can get kind of lonely. <laughs> Sometimes I'll be talking to someone and I'll be, like, I'll be like, yeah, I've been really lonely lately. And they'll be like, well, we should hang out. And I'm like, no, that's not what I meant. <laughs> yeah. Good point. <laughs> that's not what I meant at all. That is I, a good point. I don't point. want your company. That's funny. Whenever you tell, you tell somebody that you know, you've been feeling lonely lately, you're not thinking, no, no, I'm, I didn't mean we should hang out more or yeah, not anything hinting. like that. Or no, the, no, what are you doing no, tomorrow night? No. That's not what I meant. No. <laughs> Although I do have to get back to a buddy who wants to watch a uh, World Series game together, which I think sounds great. So Positive Sean just revealed that he uh, has been leaving his hoodies in the studio every day this week and now has quite a few on the back of his <laughs> yeah, chair. Yeah, I'm on my, my third. Th- I was looking around this morning. Where is my, my outerwear to keep my arms warm in the, the early uh, the early hours? And, right, because yeah. we keep the studio brutally cold. Yes, yes. My son last year at one point had nine jackets on the back of his chair at school. Nine. Teacher finally sent home a note. <laughs> Took two trips from the school to the car to bring him in. Wow. That that it gave me a sick feeling in my stomach, and I'll tell you why. And this has to be some sort of genetic predisposition. Whether it's uh, your son or, or, or Sean or me. When I was a little kid, I, and Gladys... Yeah. Are you shell shocked? When Joe was a little kid, Gladys. I was a small child. There you a young go. boy, there it is. It's our harp player, Gladys. So, she's a World War One vet. Sorry oh, for yelling, Gladys. Yeah, well, she's a, the, the sound of you know the shells in <laughs> Verdun at the time. Anyway, um, <laughs> a little hard of hearing. So there I am in elementary school, and but this is back in the day when kids had lockers mm. because we weren't bringing guns and bombs to school or joining Antifa or whatever. We just we kept our stuff in there, and. Uh, for whatever reason, my locker would get completely out of hand. I've always been bad at deciding what to throw away, what to put where, you know, and I just, I would end up with the locker being a complete mess. And I'd have four or five jackets in there, but I'd have all sorts of paper, old homework, homework I was supposed to have turned in. And Food? My, uh, um, I don't recall that specifically, so, but well, yeah, clutter, probably. Clutter as opposed to garbage. Yeah, 
Yes, although where do you draw the line? Well, clutter clutter's <laughs> not a threat to anybody. It's well, just it's just paper need to go through. Gar- garbage like, is there's a problem. Yeah, yeah, you're right. It would be clutter, not not trash. Although, is it impossible? Some food got mixed in there. <laughs> no hamburger wrapped up. <laughs> no, in a- it's not. But so and and it's a crust. It pains me because I've always struggled with this sort of thing, and I don't know why my brain doesn't work right that way. But so my locker became completely it. It had to have two and a half feet of clutter in the bottom, five jackets in the top, and then there was a shelf up top, and that was full of crap, too. Well, what happened then? But one of my little school friends, his dad got transferred, and he he left the school, okay? And so it dawns on me, wait a minute, his locker's open. So I commandeered his locker. Did you put a, a, a padlock on it? I don't remember what the system was, if it was a... I don't remember how I worked the scam, whether I said, yeah, yeah, I forgot the uh, combination there. Can we reset that or whatever? I don't remember. But somehow I ended up taking possession of his locker as well. And the same thing happened. I filled up a second locker with crap until finally the federal authorities were called in or we had a sit down or an intervention they or shot something. shot an episode of Storage Wars on your <laughs> yeah, lockers. Exactly. You hoarders. Yeah. I found right. it so impossible to keep my locker from getting cluttered. I took over another one. Like I'm, you know, Europe and took over North America or something. I don't know. I don't know what's wrong with me. One of the great blessings of my life that I, I married a, a woman who's not only organized, but enthusiastic about it. She'll invent a new system for keeping track of, say, finances or what we're supposed to do or where we're supposed to go, and she'll just be so happy. Yeah, that I find that stuff to be uh, miserable. I'm not good at it, and I hate doing it. Right. And I, you just either are that way and you're not. Should I throw this away or not is sickening to me. It's stressful. It's like, probably, but what if I need it? What if, like six months from now, it is the one thing I need? And I don't, is that like something went wrong in the womb, or, or, <laughs> or, or? It's <laughs> I've tried to stop looking at those things as, uh, as uh, you know, character flaws or defects. They're just, they're just part of what I am. It's like yes. I'm bald and I'm that. Raising kids helps. That's what I try to tell myself. The same brain that got you where you are is that brain. Be nice to your brain. <laughs> I wish I could. <laughs> that was a good hot dog. Those are the two clips we need today. You saying be nice to your brain. And Savage saying it was a good hot dog. Yes. <laughs> Final thoughts with A-N-G. Yeah! Here's your host, Joe Getty. Let's get a final thought from everybody on the crew, huh? Producer Positive Sean, what's your final thought today? So if I bought a, a cut of meat from the butcher a week ago, and it's been uh, it's been wrapped in the butcher paper, it's not like saran sealed wrap or anything, is a week within the, the window of I can still cook that and be fine? A week's quite a while. You're at the edge. The edge. Edge, edge, they say. <laughs> I better cook it today, then. I don't know yes. if I need it rare. Yeah, oh, maybe maybe go it. a little bit more yeah. on the, on yeah. the yeah. doneness. Yeah. Is it... A cut, not ground, right? It's a it's a full tri tip. Yeah, okay. So yeah. it's kind of self packaged. Self sealed. Yeah, right. Is it green? Yeah. No. I'll give it the nose test. It, yeah. Michael, yeah. final thought. Uh, yeah, I'd be too um, intimidated to eat hot dogs with the president. I'd be afraid of having ketchup or mustard on my face, like during the you know conversation. So I no ketchup or mustard if I ever have a hot dog with the president. Eat it dry. Well, yep. that's good to have that ready to go. You have a plan. 
Marsha Phillips, our esteemed newsman. Final well, thought? I was going to go out and get some uh, Nationals gear to wear while I watch the World Series, but a friend of mine has warned me against becoming a cooler like Jack, so I will hold off and just hope for more wins. Smart friend. Yeah. Do you believe in witches as well? What is all the superstition? <laughs> Jack, uh, do you have a final thought for us? Ancient musician Carly Simon has written a book. You might not know who she is, and it doesn't matter, but she was friends with Jackie Onassis, once Jackie Kennedy. And uh, and learned a bunch of stuff about the marriage of JFK and Jackie Onassis that's pretty damned interesting. And JFK was a worse husband from a sexually strange standpoint than you even thought. Maybe mm. we'll get into that tomorrow. And he was so vain, he probably thought the song was about him. Uh, my final thought is, especially because we're talking about the indoctrination of the young, there might not be a better cause for you to get involved in than free speech on campus, which is something we talked about at length today. Yeah. Campusreform.org fire.org check them out armstrong and getty wrapping up another grueling four-hour workday go to armstrongandgetty.com all the clicks are there see you tomorrow god bless america you having a good time okay i, I did not say okay. that i've sat here for over three hour and 15 minutes <laughs> that's sucks. if you wish to leave you may let me just say how very very dismaying and disappointing not uh good and just Change the channel from this mesmerizing horror show. We'll be better tomorrow than we were today. Then we heard the words. It's over for me. Adios, mofo. Okay, so we're, we're, you're, we're dismissed, is that correct? Do you want to rephrase uh, what you're doing? You'll say, well, what the hell are you talking about? Mustard and ketchup. Ha, ha, ha. Yeah, mustard and ketchup. I said, I don't eat sugar. So you gave me the, the mustard off his plate. It was a great hot dog. Armstrong and Getty.